Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. to another episode of Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. This afternoon, we have another wonderful guest who has, in recent times, actually become a close friend of mine, mainly because I feel like I'm using her <laughs> to further myself. But her name is Dr. Christine Norris. She's a DO. She's out of Tucson, Arizona. She's a psychiatrist. And believe it or not, we both have military backgrounds were both in the Air Force. So today she's going to share some of those stories from the Air Force, her interaction with suicide and suicidal patients and the effect that suicide has had on her personally, her practice in extension, and we're going to learn a lot. So you all buckle up and settle down because I think this is going to be great. So Dr. Christine, do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself? And of course, before I forget, thank you so very much for doing this. I'm going to say thank you a lot, but this is the first oh, thing. <laughs> no, th thank you for having me. Um, so yes, my name is Christy Norris. I'm an osteopathic physician and psychiatrist based out of Tucson, Arizona. Um, prior to um, becoming a civilian psychiatrist, um, I served in the Air Force for eight years, um, the last four of which um, I served as the medical director um, and attending psychiatrist um, for the mental health flight. Um, over at Davis Monthan Air Force Base to so shout out really quick to the awesome staff, our awesome mental health techs, all the psychologists, social workers, everyone that I worked with um, over at the 355th Medical Group. Uh, you guys are awesome and keep up the great work. Um, oh my goodness, I feel bad now. I feel like I should give a shout out to my Lackland folks. <laughs> yeah. I was also medical director over there for like two seconds. Yeah. Space Pediatric Clinic. So shout out to my peeps up in there. Yeah. You, know, you got the boots, you're fighting, you're keeping, you know, keeping us safe so more power to all of y'all thank you Christine, yes. for that. that was that was good oh yeah no um they they really helped me get through a lot of tough times um and and unfortunately our um our base did encounter um like many bases um and really throughout the military encountered um you know several suicides in the four years that i was there um uh, I'll be kind of touching on, you know, several in general um, because it really led to some changes um, that I, I was really proud of while I was uh, serving there. So 
Um, my story with suicide is really more as as the psychiatrist. Um, the the closest case that I would say um, was for a patient of mine who died by suicide uh, happened to occur in my first week of maternity leave. So oh, um, for me, it was one of those, you know, could I have done better as their doctor? And I, and I would say a lot of psychiatrists who've gone through um, something similar go through that period of kind of trying to look back and think back of, could I have done something differently? Um, in my case, I believe my patient had, um, if I recall, my patient had missed their appointment and, you know, should I have called them back? And, you know, should I have done this? Should I had made sure that I saw them before I went on maternity leave? Um, and due to lack of time for myself, um, so, you know, so I will bear some responsibility in, in following up. Um, that was really the big guilt for me was, you know, here I am, I'm, you know, I gave birth, it's a happy time, obviously, for me, but at the same time, it was uh, marred a bit by the loss of uh, a patient. And so um, it, it really got me to thinking, you know, for future, you know, what I can do to you know, ensure that if I, you know, if I leave or if I'm on vacation that, you know, all the loose ends are tied up, things like that. Um, in, in this case, you know, the last time I saw the patient, he had been doing well. Um, he had been seen by uh, another medical professional within the medical group, um, even actually the week of um uh, of his death, and there was really no indication, said no to everything. So for all intents and purposes, there was really no warning. Um, you know what, may I say something? Because I know yeah. that tendency for us to go down that guilt road. I too had my very first patient die by suicide almost, I don't know, 19 years ago now. Mm -hmm. No, maybe, no, less than that, 2008. So 10, 11 years ago now. Yes. And I still ask myself every day, is there something I could have done differently? Absolutely. Even though his mother absolutely refused vehemently medication, counseling. Uh, should I have prodded a little bit? Should I have pushed more? Should I have tried more? Yeah. And um, what do you do? You know, we live with the guilt. Hopefully it's, for me, part of my work now with teens and youth and suicide is in his memories. It's part of his legacy. Right. To me, as far as I'm concerned, it's part of how I'm giving back and hoping that maybe just somehow he'll be proud of me, even though I didn't help him there. Right. Like so many years later, we're trying to we're trying to wrong, right the wrong, and hopefully, you know, make a difference now. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 as a physician, I think we we always look for ways to be better at our job. Um, and, and in that case, you know. The, the self-exploration was really more trying to figure out, you know, could we have done something differently? Um, and it's, and it's hard to accept sometimes. And I think, I think everyone goes through this, that yeah. we, we could have done everything correctly and still, um, and still have a bad outcome. And, and in this case, it, it seemed like, like it. Um, like I said, you know, he, he was an ideal patient. We were not worried about him going into, uh, going into the fall, um, you know, attended his appointments, um, took, took his medications, or at least said he did. Mm. Um, and there was no reason, um, at, even in his presentation, there was no reason to doubt that he was doing well. And so, um, you know, sometimes we, we do our best and, and it, 
it doesn't come out to an outcome that we would like to see. Um, but that was definitely a good lesson because I would say that was definitely my first and, you know, knock on wood so far only patient um, that, you know, who I, who I saw personally um, and, and, and who, who died by suicide. And so, um, so one of the things that uh, I would say was helpful in that regard was at around the same time, um, our base was one of the pilot bases for um, an implementation of a new screening program um, called the Zero Suicide um, uh, Program. Uh, essentially, the the gist of it, if you will, is the idea that you know instead of depending on just mental health. Um, providers and physicians to screen the patients that everyone uh, in the medical group do at least uh, you know a four question screen um, just in case and and because the truth is um, with low manning uh, just like everywhere else um, mm-hmm. uh, for mental health there's really only a finite number of people we can reach. Um, and in our case, we only work with active duty folks. You know, we didn't get to work with as many civilians um, or dependents as we would have liked. Um, but what, pe- what are those four questions, if you don't mind my interrupting? What, do you remember them? Um, I can look them up for you. So for the, <laughs> um, I don't know them off the top of my head, but. No, just, um, I was just being curious. Yeah, and the because whole you know purpose, I'm studying that practice, so I would like to know. <laughs> yeah, awesome. and and the whole purpose of it is really to um, really assess for safety. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question for the screeners are: Hold on, just a minute. I don't have it memorized, so that's no, no, no. You're fine. <laughs> you have been awesome so far. You're doing good. You're doing good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, let me look it up while while we're talking, and okay, then I, awesome. I'll be able to tell you. Um, uh, but the um, but the thing that I really liked about it was that one, it did not depend on um, just mental health, uh, to assess for suicide. And it was a very suicide specific set of questions. Um, and the reason why I like that was because like I said, we only work with active duty folks. And so, you know, that did not cover children that did not cover spouses that did not cover our retirees. And so we really lost an opportunity to, at least screen more people. And, you know, and even though, for example, we didn't necessarily um, uh, treat um, dependents or retirees or children, at least we would know, hey, this might be a higher risk patient. Should we send them over here um, or refer them out and at least get them the help that they needed? Um, And so uh, the person and um, uh, the psychologist at our clinic who spearheaded the whole thing was uh, Captain Jennifer Menarchik. So shout out to her for doing such an excellent job in implementing the program. Um, because what happened instead was that the whole medical group and the dental group and public health, um, everyone who basically saw a patient 
at some point did the Columbia screener and they did it at every appointment. You know, I was a patient too um, in the medical group and it was neat to see that when I went to women's health, I would get asked those questions or. Why did you just say Columbia screen? Was it this Columbia? Cause I know Columbia yes. is a lot more than four. Yes, it, it does. But the, it was a selected like the, four out of the, uh, it was a selected four. Ah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I don't remember the specific questions off the top of my head, but I would say that it, it had a lot to do with, um, you know, do you have thoughts of, you know, dying? Do you have a plan? Do you have an intent? Uh, those were the big questions that were mm. asked. Um, and those are, the, those are the, the main ones, too, that if you say yes to them in the Columbia screening, and for those that are listening to us, those that don't know, the Columbia suicide screening is, I'll put, the, I'll, put, I'll put a link in the show notes for those who want to look at it. It's out there. You can Google it. And it has specific questions only about suicide risk assessment and then the key thing like i know dr christy will agree with me is you can assess me all you want like that aim you assess but you have to also intervene and then you must monitor so those yeah. are three things we'll probably get to that someday in the future <laughs> absolutely and, prevention and, and, you know. absolutely and and really what it did too was it it was a very straightforward questionnaire you know it didn't ask if they were sad or anxious it, it solely asked about suicide um, mm -hmm. and, and so that was how we were able to identify folks um, and children who really needed that higher level of care Fantastic. Um, and Fantastic. I remember being uh, you know being seen in dental for example for a routine cleaning and they asked the four questions and surprisingly enough the dental team identified a, a good number of people who really needed to be seen, who really did have plans, and we were able to get them where they needed to go, um, you know, either outpatient or inpatient, you name it. Um, a lot of the time, it really wasn't coming from the mental health clinic. So, um, so it was a really neat program to see get developed um, because it, it made the concept of suicide be a community concern. You know, um, it's, it's Amen very to that. Amen. Yeah. Isn't that why we're doing this? Isn't that why we're doing Absolutely. this? Absolutely. start from um, everyone who's concerned. It takes a village to raise a child, takes a village to save a child. Absolutely. It's a community event. You know, there's something that they, I saw one time, um, I think on Facebook, where they said, the, the girl says, I'm sad, I'm depressed. And the community says, you're faking it or shut up or whatever. Yeah. And then the girl says, I want to kill myself. I want to kill myself. And the community says, you're looking for attention, whatever, whatever. And then the girl kills herself. And the community says, oh, my goodness, we had no idea. We didn't yep. know she was serious. Like, really? What else do you want her to tell you? So, yes, it needs to start at the grassroots. I love it. I love it. And yeah. with all due respect to you and the way you feel about not getting everybody else, in all fairness, those that are active are really wearing the boots right now. I think it's a pilot study. You did good to yeah. at least have a pilot people, group of people to your sample population, which also, everybody needs it, but... Who needed yeah. it the most at that time, I would say, is, or even right now, who needs it the most? Those guys who are actively wearing combat boots. The Absolutely. rest of us, family members, you know, we got VA, we have other things. But I think what you've said, which is important, that if any doctors are listening out there, is to indeed download the Columbia screen and use, you know, find I don't know, any four questions and ask them with, to every 
patient that comes in your office, smells your office, ask them these questions. Absolutely. Um, because it really, because a lot of people, you know, whether we like to admit it or not, there is still stigma oh my in God. being a mental health professional. And so, you know, sometimes we can really only get them as far as at least getting them to see their doctor. This um, is why I love what I'm about to start doing. <laughs> because I'm a pediatrician and I have a big yeah. sign saying pediatrician on my website. So mm. nobody's thinking I'm a psychiatrist, but I am yeah. part pediatrician, part mom part psychiatrist, part social worker, part coach, Everything, part counselor. Yeah. It's important that they see me as one of them. Because once you say, I'm going to send you to psychiatrist, oh. Uh, yeah, then they back out. My job. Uh, so this way, I'm going to send you to a pediatrician Yes. who specializes in these kind of problems. Absolutely. Something like that. So. Yeah, and, and in the military, as you know, it's it's especially hard to you know, convince folks to see us. And, and so uh, at the very minimum, at least these, um, you know, these screeners allow us to at least identify and open that conversation of, well, why is this happening? You know, why are you having these thoughts? Why are you, you know, feeling so badly um, that, you know, that, that, that those thoughts are coming up? Because, you know, 10 to 1, no one's ever asked, or if they have been asked, you know, maybe they've been encouraged to see their doctor, but sometimes it takes being asked in a medical setting for things to open up. Now, you know, they they can always not be truthful, but I've, I found it to be uh, helpful when it's not... Um, an intimidating setting. So for example, you, you know, say unless, unless you say that again for those at the back, it does yeah. help when it's not an intimidating setting. And that's why not only doctors, even counselors and therapists, all of us should know those questions to ask, even if you're not a doctor. And maybe this may or may not matter, but I made up my mind many, many moons ago to never wear a white coat. I don't yep. wear a white coat. I don't even wear scrubs except when I'm working in urgent care, but I just need them to see me about as close to their mom as I can get. Yep. Because then, and maybe only then, maybe they will tell me the truth. And even then, I still have to milk it out of them, but <laughs> better. So you're right, the control setting. The kids don't want, the teenagers don't want to go to the doctor at all. Yeah. So, I mean, if they do come, you have to make it as unthreatening, is that the word, as possible. Absolutely. And, and sometimes it really is, um, you know, some people are afraid of dentists, so that may not be the best place. I'm afraid but, of the dentist. But, but, I, but, I, but, I, but I, love, I love the dentist, so I, I have no problems going to dental offices. But, I do, I do. <laughs> but, you know, but if they're there and they're not expecting it, sometimes that unexpected surprise of being asked a question that maybe they've been contemplating for a while you know, brings out the truth in them. And so, um, so I really like um, how Captain Menarchik really encouraged all of um, all, everyone basically in the medical group to, to implement this program. And they did, they did an excellent job. Um, like I said, I remember like being, it. yeah, being a dental patient and that they asked the questions and I, you know, 
I didn't mention that I was in mental health, but I just remember like thinking to myself, like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of them for, for asking these questions because these are really wow. important questions. And and yeah, they they really did. Um, uh, we did see an increase in identifying patients who needed who needed help. They got the help they needed. Um, you know, what is was it a hundred percent? No, um, but it certainly. I hope I would hope it improved at least the the safety and the lives of the people who did get the help that they needed, but didn't know how to ask. Um, And that's especially what I like about it um, because it's more like us coming to the patient with that question instead of expecting the patient to come to us to tell us. Um, And I think that's what helps take the pressure off. Um, And I believe when I left, um, you know, this year from the military, it has since expanded to um, most, if not all the bases. bases. Um, So so hopefully it's something that, um, you know, all the other bases, if they haven't already um, um, implemented, because I, I really did like seeing the outcome of it. You know, we got consulted more, which I was always okay with. Um, but that, it, but if that meant that this child got to see a child psychiatrist off base, mm-hmm. or if this person got to the hospital because they needed to be hospitalized, that was well worth, you know, a phone call of, okay, what do we do now? Um, and, and I think what also helped in that regard for all of the providers, all of the technicians, you know, everyone who worked in the medical field was that it made them more comfortable with assessing for suicide. Um, That's another thing. That's another yeah. thing. I love that because majority of people look at me twice, like, what? You're talking yes. about suicide. I'm like, if no one talks about suicide, suicide is not going to get, it's, the numbers are going to keep going up. Yeah, yeah actually, exactly. Might as well start talking about it. And then, it, and then it comes, oh, wow, that's a great thing you're doing. Yeah, yes. because it's you that's doing it, not me. You know, it's like, <laughs> nobody, they're, they're afraid of it. They're afraid of the topic. They don't want to talk about it. They're in denial. There's yeah. silence. And of course, silence is killing all of us. So Right. And, and, you know, the stats are out there. It's, it's, uh, it's a rising cause of death for, for our young folks. And so that is something that we want to reverse course on um, because it, it can be glamorized. It can be, uh, you know, it, it has an unintended consequence um, when we don't say anything. Um, and, and what I liked about it, like I said, for the providers and for anyone is it, it, I think it made folks realize that one, you, you don't have to be a mental health professional to be able to screen for it. Um, and that it's okay to ask, you know, there's always that myth of, well, if you ask about suicide, it might introduce the, the topic in their mind. Um, but Thank we, you but we know, yeah. But we know that's not true. Spoken like we a true that. psychiatrist. That's what I'm talking about. You need to. It's like anything else. It's like it's like drinking and driving, or driving fast. So you talk yes. to your son about driving fast, and all of a sudden he's going to drive fast. No, because you've controlled the narrative, because you've preempted it ahead of him even doing it. You are now going to give him the the tips, the rules, the the engagement points and everything else that comes with that so that when he's faced with that he knows what to do as opposed to don't tell him about it and he gets he or she gets information outside well then you're now doing damage control so most parents need to unfortunately most parents don't even know what to say yeah they don't know what to say so one of my monologue topics is going to be 
how do you start that conversation? Because it has to be done. Or maybe Dr. Christy can come back and have that episode and she will be the one to tell us about. I don't mind. <laughs> would you like to do that, Dr. Christy? Yeah, that would be great. Awesome. You all heard, her, you heard it from her mouth. She said she's going to come back and have a class about how do we have the conversation about suicide with our children. I love yes. it. I love it. Wow. Absolutely. So this is amazing. It's, it's gone so well. I think you've done really well. I do have <laughs> a couple you. of questions of my own. Any sure. Advice, um, but first of all, we now know that, how did you cope? Did you cope okay? You were having pictures. Um, I did. Did anything I mean, come out of that? Did you get... Um, I did. I mean, um, you know, thankfully in the very beginning, you know, <laughs> between the pain of, you know, postpartum and all of that fun stuff, um, you know, I, I was easily distracted by a cute little baby and, mm -hmm. and that definitely helped with the coping. Um, but, you know, as with, as with any, anything military or anything government, um, there were definitely processes that, you know, I had to participate in while I was on maternity leave. And so it, it would That's come to the fourth. Yeah, it, it came to the forefront, you know, here and there um, during those early weeks. But, you know, but I had my family. I, I had I have great colleagues. Um, so it was easy enough to be able to, you know, diffuse and everything by, by talking to them. And like I said, I, I had a cute little baby to, to hug and hold and, you know, give a lot of kisses to. And so that definitely helped. Um, and then we can certainly talk about postpartum depression at another time. Um, yeah. But, but, um, but that was definitely my best way of coping. And, and, you know, as, as a whole, and I think a lot of us are like this, especially in medicine is one of the ways we cope too, is that unfortunately we go through the what ifs and, and we try to learn where we can from it because, you know, what I certainly don't want to, um, come out of any bad situation is not having learned anything out even of one it. thing yeah exactly and so for me it was you know recognizing like okay next time i have a missed appointments i need to be more on top of contacting the patients things like that and you know i i it's just me now in my private practice but our our front desk, our front staff was always terrific about following up with patients. And, um, and so moving forward, that was a lot less burdensome to do to ensure that, you know, if a patient misses an appointment, that we don't assume that they're okay, okay. that we make the assumption that, you know, well, let's at least try to get a hold of them. Is. Exactly. So that they don't get lost in the shuffle. Um, and, and that was my biggest takeaway is, you know, don't assume that when they don't show up that they're okay because sometimes they don't show up for a reason. Because, and, yes. and, and even, even if it's the one that shows up every, all the, all the other times to, you know, says they take all their meds, all of that fun so, stuff. So, there's um, a reason that they're your patients, but you know, yeah. you touched on something, which there's so many things you touched on, but there's one that you touched on about. So now we know how you coped. You had friends, you have colleagues, and that's amazing. Yeah. And probably the advice for other providers like you and I is to do the M part, the A's, assessment the i is intervention and the m is monitoring which includes if they don't show up you gotta follow up like 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 no other what yeah. you mentioned was your practice can you tell us a little bit about that we gotta we gotta you know we gotta give back oh to yeah <laughs> doctor that has been so good and full of nuggets and become a frequent well, sure. guest she said <laughs> 
Well, I have we're going to have Dr. Christine segments. <laughs> I'm happy to do that. Um, so yes, yeah, so my uh, so my private practice is Tucson Outpatient Psychiatry. Um, obviously, the name says it all. It's outpatient. I do psychiatry. It's in Tucson, um, and and the big thing for me is that I, I do a, a healthy amount of therapy. So yes, I can manage medications, but really one of the reasons, one of the impetus for um, wanting to start this practice is because I really want to take my time with patients. Um, so, you know, I see, I'm happy to see pediatric age and up. Um, I say 12, but really I'm comfortable with most tweens and, and up um, with a heavier emphasis on therapy uh, because even in a 30-minute appointment, you can do 20 minutes of therapy um, if you really sit down with a patient. And I've always found it to be just a more effective combination when working with patients to do both. Um, you know, the medications are really just one tool. The therapy is another tool. And, and the in my mind, it is another yeah. is, the, is the main tool. The, 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 the ground yeah. is a support group. So yeah, exactly. Group, medication and therapy. Also. Support group removed from the therapy because you can have family therapy, but support group, yeah. group is your friends, your, your school teachers, your counselors, you know, yeah. the YMCA, your peers, everyone yeah. else. Yes. That's the support. That's the ground. That's ground zero. Absolutely. Wow, Dr. Christine, I know, you know, you said, you, I don't know what I'm going to say for it. Look at that. You, you, you're just killing it. I love it. Thank you. I think there was one more thing I was going to mention. Do you have any sure. final words of advice for the people that are listening? Um, just really don't be afraid to ask. Um, like I said, the, if there was anything that I learned about that, um, the Columbia, uh, the Zero Suicide Program, um, uh, over at, at our base was that it, we, we need to shy away from the idea that um, asking is embarrassing or wrong or incorrect um, because asking might save that person's life. And, you know, it's easier to say yes than to say I need help. And so if we're the ones that start the conversation and we're the ones that ask, you know, that person might have been waiting for someone to ask them what's been going on. And that's, that I think is where we can be the most helpful as a community is, you know, we always say the phrase, you know, see something, say something. Um, that is the case with suicide too. If, if you even have an inkling, there's a good chance you're right about that inkling. And so it does not hurt to ask. The worst that will happen is they'll be, a, you know, they'll be surprised by the question. But mm -hmm. if there's no, Maybe but if there's no. pleasantly surprised. Yes. Um, but if, but if you catch someone who really needs help and they're grateful that all they have to do is say, yes, I've been thinking about that then you just help that person realize like there's someone that cares enough about them to ask. And so, um, so ask, um, if, if, <laughs> so happy. if, if there's, any, if there's any thoughts there. Yeah. I'm smiling from ear to ear because usually I want, when I'm listening to people, I want to take a couple of quotes from them, like direct quotes from them. And yeah. the most beautiful thing you said to me today is don't be afraid to ask. And also, it's easier to say yes than to say I need help. That is yeah. so powerful. That is yeah. so that's that's like the name of a book. So <laughs> now to I gotta work yes. on that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Take it, it's yours. But I'm gonna put uh -huh. them in the show notes. This is amazing. It is indeed easier to say yes than to say I need help. So if you're yeah. listening to us, Dr. Christine has said it all. 
She's putting everything on the table for us. I want to add to the fact that don't be afraid to ask can go also, of course, for us as providers, but for parents, for friends, for teachers, for the entire village it takes to raise and save our children. Don't be afraid to ask your friend, how are you really doing? Don't be afraid to ask your teacher. Ma'am, you know, you looked sad last week. Is everything okay? You mm -hmm. just never know. So my yeah. two favorite quotes today, fantastic quotes. <laughs> you get to say yes and to say I need help and don't be afraid to ask. What a powerful, powerful interview. Oh, Dr. Christine, you. I knew you were going to be my BFF when we first met. <laughs> but I didn't know how. Now I know how. Thank yes. you so much for everything you do for the Thank people out there. And me. on behalf of the pediatricians, <laughs> the patients that you see, of course, you know, I'm a momatrician. I'm, I'm, you know, a little biased. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And for the military. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to our men and women of the military and also all their families for the support that they give our military folks. Just thank you. Thank you for all of, all of what you do to keep us safe. That's right. That's right. And we just had 4th of July. So another big thank you for your service. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Christine, for yourself here. You know, thank me for my service. Thank you. I'm thank thanking you. myself, you know. <laughs> but you know what? It was awesome. You did great. Yes, I'm so, thank you. so grateful. If you have any more questions, you, you can ask it. Otherwise, you did good. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So you all Hi, heard everyone. it. You all heard it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. It's amazing. Every day I think I'm just, I'm going to have an interview. I never know what I'm going to hear, but there's always a story behind a story, inside of a story, around the main story. And you heard Dr. Kristen, she repealed just one leaf or two out of the onions. We got to go deeper. She's going to come back, she said. Thank you all so much. And to the parents out there, those in the front and those in the back. Listen yes. up. Parenting is the hardest thing you ever did, but it's also the best thing you ever did. So go out there and make me proud. Remember to be kind to each other, be compassionate, be empathetic, and hey, you know what? Don't be afraid to ask. Yep. All right. Bye. Ciao, Bella. Bye. Bye.